0: Did you treat oh,
1: yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> We're live right now, guys, on Barry's little upstream number seventeen. Start of season two. We went through sixteen episodes a lot quicker than I thought we would, but here we are, continuing it on. A lot of news to actually talk about, just a lot kind of going on post passport launch. I'm here tonight, uh, with Brandon and Alex. How are you both doing this? Uh hey, what's Great. up? <laughs> Brandon's like, What, we have seasons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <the> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just for organizational sake, essentially, like, each season is going to be a quarter. So we started upstream before Ooh. a quarter, cover the quarter, and then we're on to the next one. So you can kind of have a little bit more organization. Because right so now, Alex, Alex had recently brought up to me that we're, we're just kind of doing upstream number whatever on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of SEO value there, so we're adding in mm-hmm. titles and making it more episodic, so it's easier to follow along. But how you guys doing so far? How's your son doing? Pretty good. Can not complain?
2: I'm all the Brando's way up in at home. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere now. Last time I was in Spain. Now I'm all the way up in uh, northern Ontario, in the middle of nowhere. Damn. So, uh, it's it's upstream on upstream all over the world. It
1: seems like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty cool to have like a bunch of people from different regions all on at the same time. It's just so hard to coordinate. Like people mm. I know overseas right now, it's like the middle of the morning. Like they're starting to wake mm. up.
0: <laughs> so. Mm.
1: Anyway, let's get started here. Let's talk about the Passport. I mean, that was kind of the big news about two weeks ago when it officially kind of launched out in the world. Alex was there over in Toronto at the event. There's been a lot of talk about how well it's been doing. It seems to be consistently selling out. Do you guys think this is attributed to kind of low quantities at first to gauge the market, or do you think this thing is really just selling out of all the inventory they've even kind of foreseen that they'd need to sell?
3: Yeah, I mean, they—they. They, I don't think they're really... We're planning on it selling like crazy. Like Chen, I think Chen has even said that you know the the classic. They're planning on that selling much more than the passport. So I don't think they were really building you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of passports to prepare for this thing to sell off the shelves. They were more just like testing. Um, this kind of like prototype and to see if, if people liked it because, you know, the media could have taken it one way and just destroyed the square terribly and no one could have bought it and if they had hundreds of thousands of them, then that would suck. So I think they were just, you know, preparing for what they're doing and um it ended up being in their favor, so.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's uh, a mixture of both. I think it's, they have lower numbers to start off with when they were selling, but then when they sold out and then Chen came out and said it was, you know, 200,000 devices that they sold, then people started to be like, oh, you know, that's a number that's not its not necessarily tiny, it's not necessarily big, but something that people will be like, oh, 200,000 phones were sold. Let's, let's check out what this is if it's sold out. And people are, like, clamoring for it. And so what we've been seeing lately is a lot more, positivity around the device, so for instance, last night I was on Reddit, and the passport came up on the front page of our gadgets, which is pretty big, since that's the subreddit for all gadgets, and people are talking about it there, and I think that was spurred from the fact that fewer people can get a hold of the device, and more
3: people are asking what's with this device. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it got 1,500 upvotes, and if any of you are familiar with Reddit, um, that's kind of a a big deal, I guess, for BlackBerry at the very least, Um, and then, like, if you actually go on the front page of our gadgets, everything else has maybe, like, 200 upvotes or 300, and this has, you know, 1.5 or 1.3 million subscribers, readers, so it's not a small subreddit, and this is 1,500. Uh, and every, all the comments on this, which have been very interesting, have really been people saying, you know, I kind of do want a comeback story for BlackBerry. I'm Like, part of me is rooting for them, and these are people who aren't, you know, BlackBerry people. Um, and they're asking a lot of questions, and they actually want to try the device out. So I was very pleasantly surprised reading through it. And um, it's, it's kind of it's, a big deal.
2: And it's an interesting demographic, because Reddit is typically a younger demographic, So, you know, this device is supposed supposed to be catering towards, you know, that prosumer enterprise market, but yet here we see it gaining some traction in maybe some other areas like the consumer space.
1: I'm saying, I mean, with the Amazon store, it almost feels like they're (laughs) making a play toward the broader consumer aspect there. I was speaking with a friend earlier on kind of the runtime 10.3 and where BlackBerry may take it. I mean, with a device like the Passport, with a deal like the Amazon App Store, what makes more sense, and I'd like your guys' opinion because you're both developers for the platform already, what makes more sense for BlackBerry? Continuing to build out the consumer apps natively in Cascades and have them with the hub access and all those goodies, or find a way to make the Android runtime talk seamlessly into the hub so that all those consumer apps can talk directly into the hub natively but be an Android application? a truly hybridized system. Do you think we're going to see kind of the, the foot on the pedal go down on the consumer side as they try to make Android as seamless as possible on BB10? Or do you play a, a juggling game between Cascades and Android? What do you guys think?
2: Um, I'll answer this first. I think that in the long run it's probably better just uh, to, to really focus on... Um, nailing down that Android runtime to make it as seamless as possible of an experience, because if you think about it, they can just tack on and and be able to use all those Android apps seamlessly. That's a whole bunch of weight off their shoulders. All the new all the new gadgets like the Myo devices or smartwatches or wearables like uh, Google Glass and whatnot—they're all tying into that Android ecosystem. And if the BlackBerry devices can Tap into that market without having to, you know, try and convince people and spend all this money convincing people to uh, build native apps. Then it can only just benefit them,
3: in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like I, I think it's gonna be more so obviously focus on Android. And I know that uh, a few of my buddies who have been trying out their OS. One of their like only complaints right now about Android apps are not all of them like have the push support like notifications. Like, say you got a new message in an app. Um, it's just not integrated enough. Some apps do work with that, and they work great. Like Spotify, it, it's telling you what song's playing. You can skip it and add it to your favorites and all that stuff. But then I also think once they do get this working well, and if they do get, like, decent hub support, it might not be able to totally segment off. But then that is the benefit where they're the third-party par- developers, like iGrant, for instance. Um, and when you can start getting the hub support for those, then I think, you know, that might be where the actual... Big app developers will start building natively if they get enough support from Android, or they'll just leave it at Android. And I I just see BlackBerry 10 being able to run Android very well in the future. And you're just going to get the best of both worlds. I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal.
1: Right, their multitasking kind of paradigm is so unique compared to what's going. What else is out there. Everyone else is is still siloed off into the individual app experience where Blackberry is invoking application cards and doing a lot of interesting things to really make it a seamless kind of user experience. I love being able to have the BBM app open talking to someone and then the hub talking to someone completely different. That level of multitasking and as well with Alex showed off the triage of a hub on 10.3 and above, you have such an incredible uh, communication experience. I was recently uh, at a wedding, I think on Last Upstream, and I had my video camera open and I'm videotaping. Uh, it's kind of the after party, you know, everyone drinking and having fun. And I'm also, while the video is playing, shooting off text messages and BBM <laughs> through, through the instant action. The video never stopped. I was yeah. able to keep communicating while videotaping. I mean, that's the OS that we have right now, and being able to really run in a real time sense and show off the capabilities of QNX is something BlackBerry needs to push forward. I really think they are going to put a development foot down on Android and really try to imbibe it into the system. Mm-hmm. That's, and really, when we talk about it, and we'll get there toward the end with a little bit of the rumors with 10.3.1 in the future, but it definitely mm-hmm. seems that BlackBerry is working ahead. They seem to have their development foot kind of like gearing forward. And I don't know from you, from what you guys see of the recent SDK release, have any of you guys messed around with any of the new stuff for classic or optimizing your devices for the trackpad? You
3: no, know. I mean, yeah, I mean, aside from like the passport, <clears throat> um, there is like an obvious like little feature that just it sets like the main focus on a list view. So because I noticed that some parts of my app, when you'd scroll up and down on the passport. Um, it wouldn't scroll up and down the list. And I think currently, like, the CrackBerry 10 app has that problem where nothing scrolls up and down. Um, and then there's actually a setting within the list view that you can set. This is the main priority um, scrolling area or whatever, and then it fixes it. So I, that's the only thing I've really messed around that is part of the newer SDK. Um, I haven't done anything with the classic, though.
1: So you have made your application passport ready, but you haven't messed yes. with the trackpad or anything like that? If yeah. anyone is on 10.3.1, long press a link on a, to a URL and you get a really interesting option on the overflow menu. There's a more option. Have any of you guys seen this?
3: Nope. I'm turning my phone on right now to see.
1: <laughs> it, is, it essentially stacks two overflow uh, menus above one another. So you can press more and a whole nother list will oh. float in. So you're able to layer out the... Um, the overflow options that you'll be on the classic able to access with the uh, Blackberry menu button. It's really mm-hmm. cool that they, they're adding all it in, keeping it concise, fluid, and obviously productive, because that's what they're going for with this OS. They're just really cool things kind of coming ahead. I like, uh, I so, will, yeah. no, I like ahead. some
2: of the uh, I like some of the finer the, the smaller refinements they're adding in that I've seen in uh, 10.3.1 uh, developer OS release I saw one example was uh, under IMAP email you can choose whether to just download the headers or download the entire email which I mean it's a small feature but for some people it's a it's a huge feature because that means you're not downloading a whole email all the time and it's, it's just another um, throwback to the legacy devices that I think 10.3 is gonna really bring back some of those features including uh, custom LED profiles
1: I'm, I'm loving that. it. I'm loving it. We don't have dark theme hub as of yet. Am I correct on that? Not on
3: this build. Yeah, but you know what's funny? Because like since using the passport, I'm not using dark theme in any of my apps because the it's, it's you know, it looks beautiful and I really don't care about the dark theme anymore. Like I really, really wanted the dark theme hub on my Z thirty and like my Q ten. But now I just don't care anymore because the passport doesn't use that type of screen and it looks great. And the white, the white
1: and the blue does look very nice on 10.3. I gotta say. Yeah. And and as Brandon mentioned, a lot of the legacy throwback features, like being able to hide pictures and videos uh, in app, like that's awesome. Yeah. They're definitely playing back toward that legacy base and making sure that their needs are covered as well. BlackBerry 10 is definitely just advancing at a solid pace. Um, how much do you think, like development-wise, this company is focused on right now? They have so many other things going on, cross-platform. They're building for iOS, and uh, they're building for Android. I mean, it seems that they're trying to juggle, I guess, some of the production that they're doing on BlackBerry 10. Um, with the Passport device, do you think the momentum is going to keep up? Are we going to see this moving forward uh, consistently? I mean, if they were able to continue selling this device out, I mean, I, I'm interested to see at least, because everyone right now is buying it outright. It's not really yeah. in many of the carriers. I think Canada, it just, on October 1st, hit across all mm-hmm. the carriers. So you can go in-store and get one for 250 Tell Telus remove there a promotion for the 200 price, correct? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So for 250 yeah. you get a lot of device there. I mean, it's, it's huge. The thing is massive.
3: Yeah, I think like the in, at least in the U.S., they'll get a big boost if they do allow like Verizon con- or customers to get it. But I think that's only if it's within the next couple months. I'm thinking if they're if they wait much longer than that, then, then they're just planning on not bringing it, and it wouldn't really even be worth it um, at that point in time. But it, I think the,
1: the way I see it, Alex, at
3: least yeah. for now, because AT and T hasn't even launched their exclusive. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. I
1: I think we may see a staggered launch for AT and T and Verizon with. Verizon picking up other devices as well toward maybe Q2, Q3 of next year, but the Passport coming along with it, with uh, obviously AT&T getting like a full quarter of an exclusivity. But even still, uh, where is Verizon at with their carrier support, at least on their radio bands? Are they still working on CDMA, or have they made the jump over to VOLTE?
3: Yes, this is something it would be nice to touch on because a lot of people have been asking this question in various places. So right now, Verizon, from what I understand, um, is just using CDMA right now for the 3G and then obviously primarily uh, voice. So like when you're speaking to someone over the phone, it uses the 3G CDMA. But just recently, they've been pushing out voice over LTE, which is essentially 4G LTE voice. And once that is successful, they're going to chop off Um, you know, the the use of CDMA and then once 4G LTE isn't in enough places, then 3G won't even be a big deal anymore. And then at that point, they'll be fully GSM because 4G is GSM. You know, you have the the nano or micro SIM card in your phone. So right now, like the unlock passport, it does have the proper bands to use. But the fact that Verizon still uses a little bit of CDMA, even if it did end up working, you wouldn't get voice until 4GLT. Like, it's this whole thing, um, but very soon within the next few years, at least the way that I'm understanding it, they're not going to have CDMA anymore, um, and then that, that could be good.
1: But will that, will that allow them to then kind of open up their mindset to allow devices that weren't sold under their IMEI be able to move over. I mean, right now they have bring your own device, but it's bring your own Verizon
3: device. Yeah, correct? I think that the the internet, um, just everyone in general is going to start fighting back more when right now we, like I, I kind of want to fight and people kind of want to fight, but we understand there's still the CDMA there and that's, we could, even that if that's not the problem, that's still what they can use as their defense. So once that's gone, then I think people will blow up a little bit more. The fact that if you spend $800 on a phone and we can't use on you simply because you're breaking the law because with the band, like you, you signed an agreement when you bought the bands that you have to allow unlock devices on it if they support it. So if they start pulling all of that, I think people are just gonna fight back and they're eventually going to have to fold. But yeah. You you know you did ask the initial question wasn't even about this. It was um, if the if the more passports like out there, if the momentum would keep going. And I think the cool thing with the passport is, at least carrying it around, so many people they'll see it and they'll ask about it. It's a strange-looking device, and you know, word of mouth is such an important thing for marketing. So the more and more devices out there, the more people asking about them. I think that's just going to help BlackBerry and can keep the momentum going.
1: Um, right, as long as yeah. as long as it's steady, there's options and venues to buy it at least for now. I know people are on backorder lists and things like that for the passport, but I mean, it is on Amazon.
3: Thank you, froze. Yeah, it's on Amazon and it's on Shop <laughs> BlackBerry. Oh, I guess I'll just continue. it. I don't totally I know what that process. That. So I know that. Face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, cool. so, so you can buy it on Amazon and Shop BlackBerry, which I guess is kind of an interesting thing to bring up too. That you know, Shop BlackBerry they started pushing some coupons, or not? Well, yeah, like a a coupon kind of thing, like fifteen or twenty five percent
2: off. Fifteen. That PB save, off. Uh, fifteen percent yeah. is huge do I you mean,
3: think. Yeah, about but dude, I, I put it in. It was twenty five percent. I put it in for the Canadian um, variant or whatever, and it gave me twenty five percent off, not fifty. Oh, really?
2: I tried putting it in, but uh, I think I was too late because I did it the day after, and it wasn't yeah. working. So that's a pretty good deal. I mean, like if they're 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 really being aggressive with the uh, shop BlackBerry uh, sales, and I think that's only going to help them future on as um, as for instance, like you said, Verizon, AT and T. They're, they're kind of dragging their feet, getting it out the door. Blackberry's there being like, whoa, whoever wants to get it can come to us, get it, no delays. Well, I guess, you know, back orders and stuff yeah. aside. Anyways, <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess we're, we're flying this thing, Alex. I guess it's just... Let's talk about Blackberry and marketing, how they're tapping into gyro for marketing for the Passport. Oh,
3: yep, yep, yep. Oh, and he rejoined. Maybe that actually works. Um, yeah, so it seems like that they are trying new marketing efforts out. I think they, there are some numbers that were thrown out there where maybe they'll be spending, I think, like $96 million on on their new marketing. Or it could, I'm not really sure what it could end up being or how much they've spent so far. But James, if you want to touch on that at all, I think you're back now.
1: Yeah, I'm back. I don't know what happened. There's that ghost that popped back into the chat yeah. with the Barry flow account. So. Yeah. The, the marketing is definitely going to be interesting. It seems to be super focused right now on that mobile professional base. Did you guys happen to see one of the commercials for the Passport device? Yes, yes. At, really. at, the, end, at the end of it, I, I love how subtle this was. <laughs> I had to watch it a few times to even kind of catch it and have it click in my head. The woman at the end has her Passport and her physical Passport, she puts the device over another, and she's in an yeah. airport, so she's headed on out. And, you know, we see she's about to get on a plane, and then they cut to a scene of her actually flying the plane. And I thought oh, it was just wow. such an interesting, interesting thing. It's not – it's a truly – right, a truly mobile professional. Mm-hmm. She's not going to then sit and, you know, munch off the Wi-Fi. She's actually flying her own plane. She's the pilot of her own kind of mm-hmm. enterprise. Just really interesting kind of undertones there for the work-wide campaign. Which again, I think is awesome. Gyro or Giro has done a great job thus with it thus far. What do you guys think of kind of the marketing campaigns and some of the material that they've
3: made? I'm a big fan of the green. I just like that green the accents they're using everywhere. I don't know about you, because Blackbird has always been like the blue and black. I kind of like the green for the passport.
2: I I think they're doing a good job in Canada in terms of you know that campaign. Everybody likes a good comeback story. It's tying onto, you no, know, it's pulling on the emotions. Uh, of the Canadians here. I mean, everybody here, especially in Southern Ontario or and, and anywhere in Canada really knows how much Blackberry's been struggling. And I think there's a lot of people who still have in the back of their mind or in the bottom of their heart, they're kind of rooting for Blackberry to do well. And I think a good marketing campaign like this might get it back to the forefront and people might not feel you know, so embarrassed, you know, to be rooting for BlackBerry again because it's actually, you know, coming up being innovative, building new devices and things like that.
1: And Jen has come out and said that they do plan on building out unique devices like the Passport that tag along the innovation line for next year. Do you guys think we're going to see a lot of all-touch devices next year? I know I've kind of foreshadowed that here on Upstream before, but we've also heard kind of like a slider maybe in the works as well. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think is the next logical move for BlackBerry? Do you tail off kind of your focus on QWERTY, or do you go all-touch next
3: year? <clears throat> they, they can't continue with, you know, all the most recent devices are all QWERTY. You know, there's the Classic, there's the Passport. I mean, when Chen said there's going to be a Passport too, but that's probably not coming until, you know, next year. It's not even, you know, released in so many countries yet. Um, So their, their next focus is definitely going to be in all-touch, and then... You know, they've been showing off or you know joking around a bit about some more innovation coming. That's probably going to be more in um, you know a slider area or some type of all touch slash physical. So I think that's kind of where they're headed.
2: I think it's really they're just trying to put out the the query devices and the keyboard devices now to really um, force home that notion that Blackberry's yeah. for productivity is for enterprise. And they're really John Chen's really trying to get that. Like hammered into everybody's head, so that they know and they know that BlackBerry is synonymous with enterprise and uh, and all that stuff. And I think in next year we're going to start seeing them maybe push the envelope a bit more in terms of touchscreen devices or even no, we've been hearing rumors of a slider. So I think we'll start seeing a bit more a bit more of a deviation from the keyboard um, style of things, but you know, I think there may be, there's still going to be some keyboard-heavy focuses going forward. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's like, are they, you know, it's interesting, they pulled out Smartphone X at the Passport launch, which was this work-narrow type of ubiquitous device, which kind of looks like an iPhone and a Samsung kind of smashed together and and made super generic. But are they going to be able to qualm themselves and say, hey, you still have options with us to work narrow if that's what you want to do, you know? It's an interesting that the Passport specifically is taking on this work-wide theme while they're going to be building other devices that may, in fact, like the Z3, continue with the 16 by 9 ratio. So just a, definitely an interesting prospect for them moving forward. I see, like, as we move toward this kind of latter half of the year, and we see some of these announcements with BBM meetings, which you did a fantastic article on, and as well with kind of Bez 12 Classic, would you guys like to see something like a Z3 LTE geared specifically at Enterprise and any consumers that may just want to purchase on Shop BlackBerry?
2: I, mean, I think personally the if they come out with an LTE Z3 now, it's going to be kind of, you know, it's been done already. It's it's been out for a while in, in, you know, Indonesia and stuff, and so you're not really going to get that much excitement. I think in terms of a Z3 LTE, it might be good just to just to provide that option for enterprise so that they have that touchscreen option so not everybody has to get a classic or, you know, a Z30. I guess they have the Z30 as an alternative, but maybe they want, you know, some of that more, you know, updated... Form factor with the Z3. I'm not sure because I think the z 30 is perfectly fine, uh, is perfectly suitable for, for that market, if that's the case, in my
3: opinion at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I share the same kind of thought process behind that. I think that there's enough options between the Passport, the Classic, and uh, Z3 at this point. I mean, I think it could be one of those things where if they throw it like quietly on their website and just have it as an option, I just don't think that they should be advertising because it's kind of like they have all this momentum with the passport, talking about the crazy specs it has and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, if they go and say, "Here's an old device that we're now doing 4G LTE," and start advertising that, people might be like, "Wait, what's going on with BlackBerry?" So I think they silently push it or just don't do it at all. There's enough options out there right now. And
1: and I wonder, I really do. Like I honestly see that that there's you've got to have a balanced portfolio. And what we already saw, the leaked kind of roadmap for devices, and affordable with the Z3 was on the list. And we had the Classic, we had the Porsche for the Elite, and we had the Passport for the Innovation. So I don't know. As part of a Bez 12 kind of rollout strategy, imagine if they bundled devices with the Bez software, and they're like, here, mm-hmm. you can also get a discount on these devices, on the per device uh, unit, so that you're buying hundreds, if not thousands of devices yeah. at once.
2: There's one note I would like to say that I, I, I have been I've, I have heard rumors of maybe like a, a mini um and that would be really interesting. You know, maybe a, a Q ten size with uh with the three keyboard with the three row key three row keyboard and the touch sensitive keyboard, but maybe on a smaller device for people who don't necessarily want that huge form factor. I think that would be a really
1: interesting device. You know, our buddy Dylan over at D. Habkirk's Designs, he actually showed me a tease of an image earlier, and it's essentially a passport without the physical keyboard. So you have a very wide kind of touchscreen device, a lot like the LG View, but done up in a BlackBerry-type way. He showed off kind of the virtual keyboard on a screen that way, and it's, it actually looked pretty interesting. So I wonder if a mini-type of passport device, maybe a credit card, with they'll call it, something like that, <laughs> um, would actually do well in the market for them.
3: Exactly. Yeah, be interesting. So,
1: little- did, you, did you guys see the news from Forrester? They actually did a kind of, the Forrester wave went out with the Enterprise Mobility Q3 results for kind of who was oh, yeah. top top of the market, so to speak. Uh, BlackBerry tied for top rankings in market presence, but they won in the category of strategy, which is balance over and how much cash flow you're actually bringing in. And to competitive alternatives, they were one of the major leaders in that market. It's very interesting. We'll, we'll pose the question over to Jubei real quick as he jumps on here.
4: How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on? How's everyone doing?
1: What's up? Chilling, chilling. Nice chill. hair. New hair? Yeah,
4: haircut and um, a little bit of a shade. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it looks good, buddy. I need to do something with this. I don't know. This mop, I need, I need to do something with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, uh, we're talking about
1: Forrester Mobile Management. Uh, they announced their Q3 results, essentially on who they've deemed as some of the top players in the EMM, Enterprise Mobility Management space, and BlackBerry came out as a leader in the strategy section in that category. I at least feel that it's great that they're finally getting recognition. I mean, Bez10 rolling out cross-platform from iOS, Android, Balance, and all the other stuff they're doing. I definitely do- believe you know, Forrester is a big recognition for them, did you have anything you wanted to say on some of the news release? Well,
4: um, I, I know that that announcement kind of got overlooked. A lot of people passed by the news. It kind of read in like, I don't know what this means, and move forward because they didn't. It wasn't really a service or a product or something they introduced. It was just kind of like this recognition, and it's 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 it may be something that most people wouldn't deem important, but it's critical um, for all the enterprise and the regulated uh, segments out there to see that BlackBerry um, has a strategy moving forward. We're talking about this massive trend that BlackBerry has almost virtually pulled off, and we are now looking towards the future, and what is that future going to look like? Well, whatever the case may be, um, they have an award-winning strategy, and they've been recognized for it. So this is going to reflect on their stock. This is going to reflect on their value moving forward, and it's it's just really critical. And I think it's great that they got recognized for it, and uh, for all the stock, uh, you know, holders and um, you know, people playing the long, um, for the long term. Um, that's a very encouraging sign, and uh, yeah, I think it was it was, it was just. It's just very nice. Very good. <laughs> it was, it was great it was Finally.
1: Great actually it's from, from behind the shroud of, you know, essentially apathy where we don't even care to write about your abilities and what you're offering to the market. Finally a, a big name in the industry is actually calling out and saying, you know what, BlackBerry's actually got a good strategy right now. They're deliver they're you know making sure they're hitting their deliverables. And moving forward, and, and that's really what we're seeing with Chen right now in this whole management strategy. He's taking the enterprise drive and really nailing it to the wall, making sure everyone understands we are in this game, but we are also in this sector. I think there was a lot of kind of shroud and confusion regarding where BlackBerry was. Are they a consumer f- entity? Are they an enterprise business? You know, that still, sadly,
4: still happens. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even my dad earlier today, we were watching uh, NFL games and. Uh, He brought up the passport. I can't believe this guy knew about that. My dad knew about the passport. (laughs) Wow. You know, he didn't know anything about anything. So he said, Oh, yeah, I see Blackberry passport. And I asked him, I said, Where did you hear about the passport? And it was covered in the newspaper. My dad's old school. You know, he's still, uh, every morning, the coffee, the newspaper. And uh, Daily News covered something here in New York about the passport, and they covered Chen's uh, remarks on how they are focusing on enterprise and how they're not trying to build the iPhone killer. And uh, at this point, I think that's the term that I think everyone should just drop altogether. <laughs> that platform is yeah. fully matured. It's been around. Right. The only, ki-
1: the only thing that will kill the iPhone is Apple, and people need to understand that, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. only, only, only the iPhone can kill itself now at this yeah. point. So it'll um, be a it'll be a murder suicide for sure. (laughs)
4: Yeah, (laughs) and he had still the perception that BlackBerry was trying to make a consumer comeback, and I had to explain to him, "It's like you know, pops, this isn't about uh, consumers anymore. This isn't about you know Apple or Google. They have their own strategies, and BlackBerry certainly has their own unique one. And it plays um, in the next decade, you know, as far as like the future of mobility." in a global scale, so that, you know, I think that Chen, as he keeps chipping away at carving out that identity for Blackberry, that it's going to trickle down eventually, but there's still people out there that still have the perception that Blackberry is trying to compete in the consumer market, and I've written, i covered this territory before, they're not, Apple is not their
1: competition in the classic sense, so... In the classic sense, <laughs> yeah. Now, Jubei, before you came on, I was, I was, I was yelling and screaming for a, a Z3 LTE device. I'm like, hit the 250 target mark with the Z3. Give me the 350 target mark with the classic. Give me the 600 with the Passport. And then we have the, you know, the Porsche, which we'll never see in Enterprise ever, well, very likely, because it's, you know, totally a luxury device. But hit your spectrum. Have your high end. Have your middle. Have your low end. Let it be clearly defined. Right now, if you go on to BlackBerry or shop BlackBerry, the low-end device is a $299, or I think $399 even, uh, Z10. And it's just, is that what you want to mark as your low-end when it has higher specs than some of your other devices, like the Q5? It's just kind of a mismatched uh, portfolio right now, and Chen has obviously come in and wants to kind of iron that out, make it a lot more concise for users.
4: They have to certainly go through there and go through it with a calm. And, you know... It's challenging because the Z10 device and the Q10 device are kind of in that limbo area. Chen comes in and he has his devices that he wants to put in market in the segments and what do you do with what the past generation did with the launch and those devices? Where you know the the launch was botched? We know that the Z10 was a device that was late to market. It was sitting in a warehouse for an enormous amount of time waiting for the OS um, to be fully developed so... And you got a, a you know a ton of people who bought it, who bought the device. So you have a bunch of people with the Z10s and the Q10s, and like, what do you do? What do you? Do? So it's kind of like that limbo where you kind of have to drag it along with you moving forward until it kind of dies out. Hopefully, and I know that he's crossing his fingers on this. So he's fully confident too that the classic is going to be the device, and a lot of the Q10 owners are going to kind of
1: migrate to, along with everyone else who loved the old legacy devices as well. Right. The Q10 camp seems to be like divided in half where the Q10 for me is beyond the trackpad. I have a, a great gesture one-handed OS that works fine. I don't need a trackpad. Those people move to Passport. But as you had mentioned, there's still that base that loves the kind of tactile feel of being able to navigate the OS without having to encumber the screen space above it. So with that trackpad again, able to fine-tune control of the OS. I got a buddy right now who's on the 9900. Wow. He 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 sees me with the you know Z30s with the with the passport device coming out. He sees all that and he's like, you know what? I want a classic. I like it, yeah. I Just like, like the that Google
4: experience. Do we cover that already? No. No,
1: we haven't yet. But yeah, Eric Schmidt, Google CEO, running around with a Nexus device and running around with the 9900. I mean. Yeah. Why? Why is this still happening? Because the device is damn good. It's a mature operating system. What people like right now about iOS 8 is that it's 8 years old. It's got so much refinement built on top of it. But it hasn't innovated on the same kind of rudimentary steps that it's taken for growth. With OS 7, it's kind of the same thing, where you have a really robust, I can hide files, I can hide folders, I have totally customizable profiles for notifications. I have yeah. social feeds. I have a really really nice operating system that allows me to multitask with a high level of productivity. And with BlackBerry 10, they're kind of getting it there. It seems a really a difference in focus where Torsten Hines was focused on bringing a very consumer type operating system to the market. Something he wanted that consumer
4: uh, yeah, he wanted it to be
1: popular and right. He thought it would sell itself. Be great you know? at everything. You're better off
4: being great at one thing. <laughs> and and so, uh, right on the
1: Right. It's full circle. We have Chen focusing on Enterprise and bringing in all the goods. Yeah. And the Z3 LTE device, I think is, it may
4: replace that Z10, but you know how we have the rumors of a all-touch uh, device coming in in the spring? So, who knows? I like the Z10 um, form factor a lot. I like, I like just the dimensions and everything about it. Um, but... Only Chen knows. Only that team knows from here
2: on. <laughs> on what's only that Chen device. knows. <laughs> so it's,
4: only he knows what's gonna replace that device. But um, as far as the LTE uh, Z3, I mean, that that's as far as the price point there. you Can't beat that with what you get with that device and the price point. But it hasn't been released in the U.S. It hasn't been released in you know certain areas. So it's kind of like, what's going on? How come I can't buy it here? And you know, shop BlackBerry
1: right it's it's out but it's not out it's out for the western world or the eastern world rather excuse me um i'd love that then to bring it to europe and some other markets it's, especially with an enterprise focus like i'll sell it to you as an enterprise for 150 200 while consumers at 250 300 so that i can i can give a leverage point add a value proposition on top of my server software even if you're selling it you know in batches of 100 that's still great profit and and bringing people over to your server software as well I think would be pretty wise. A Chen also announced here a, a recent appointee, Mike D, for the board of directors, Mr. Michael Daniels. He was from uh, I believe 365, which was a former Sybase company, mobile 365. Joker. Right. Gasp! He's pulling in more of his uh, legacy team that he obviously <laughs> has a very good relationship with.
3: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing happened earlier.
2: <laughs> it's the uh, Jacksonville he, Connection. He always gets like positively the best moments too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, we're
3: just going to go on a spiel. <laughs> yeah.
4: uh, going on with, what James was saying I, I uh, with the new appointee, I think it's interesting. Not only is he leveraging these guys from his former uh, team, but that they're actually coming. And I think it speaks volumes when these guys are actually following Chen over into BlackBerry because they need to see something mm-hmm. in BlackBerry in order for them in order for them to make that maneuver. And these mm-hmm. guys, just like Marty Beard and and the other guys, John Sims, you know, yeah. these guys are moving over because they see a future. They see uh, yeah. incredible
2: potential. Well, when I was at uh, the Toronto uh, experience earlier this year, um, John Sims actually spoke to that point. He's like. Listen, we're not we're not coming here because um, we're friends. Just, just because we're friends or something, you know. I had a really comfortable job back uh, at my old job, right? I didn't need to come and do this. But what I saw and what, what Jen convinced me to see, and what I was able to see after he told me about it, was that you know this company is capable of being saved, and we actually see something that we believe that we can make something great out of it. And he said that he says you know ultimately. I have a quote in one of my uh, – in my, in my write by I differ, but it's some, it goes something along the lines of ultimately we'll, we're going to be judged based on whether BlackBerry succeeds or falls or fails, right? So they mm-hmm. – so obviously no one's going to want to come in and be known for the people who are, who are running a company who fails, right? Right, yeah,
4: clearly. And uh, I don't know, along the lines with that, making that move, I think these guys – appreciate a challenge i think there's something about um, blackberry and chen mentioned this as far as like developers and stuff and and bringing in talent there's a lot of opportunity for people to jump into blackberry right now and to Mm -hmm. really create something special and unique and it's a wonderful opportunity trying to get into google trying to get into microsoft trying to get into apple right now is impossible but getting into blackberry if you got the talent We'll It'll take you one, and you have a, an incredible opportunity there to really showcase your abilities. And these guys, they love the challenge. They see the tools already in place, and uh, they're jumping in.
2: Well, there's definitely. I bet you now there's probably a lot more space to to hire some new engineers in in Blackberry. I heard I heard a rumor that there's 350 engineers that are yep. mostly engineers were going to be hired, and I mean we can kind of see that that. Leading up to the Passport release, it seems like a lot of the focus, a lot of the development focus was was aimed at at the Blend software, getting that that uh, hammered down, and then now we're seeing that it's kind of a lot of those developers were also placed on the BBM team, and then you also have a handful of developers who are doing the OS, so I think that they're going to start bringing in more developers in to kind of, you know, reinforce each of those groups.
4: And i got to say, um, you did a great job on that article um, on Barry Flow, covering oh, uh, the future of uh, BBM and stuff in the team. There. That was really good. I, I enjoyed reading that.
2: Thanks. I appreciate if it. For anyone else who hasn't read it, go on Barry Flow. Read what Brandon
4: uh, wrote up regarding the future of uh, BBM. Thanks.
1: <laughs> We've been saying it for so long, too. That's what gets me. Like, I think back on our Confluence article, and uh, so many of the ideas that we mentioned there are now, like, slowly being implemented, and it's just cool to see that, you know, it's obvious what's needed, and BlackBerry is obviously listening. Um, I really appreciate that, you know, to to put a voice into the pie, so to speak, and it actually be kind of retained and pulled back, and, and it's actually listened to. It, it just definitely feels great. So with this as well, with the kind of BlackBerry moving forward here, I want to talk about the 10.3 Developer Beta OS that was announced alongside the 10.3.1 SDK. We have two developers in the group. Have any of you guys messed around with any bits of the developer OS, optimizing any of your apps for 10.3? Uh, what do you guys think of it so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I've
3: been switching Oh, You can go. Okay, I've been so. Okay, so my app probably consists of uh, like 40 or 50 kilobyte files. It's like it's gigantic. So I was going over everywhere that I set, like, a width anywhere, use pixels. I went and turned it into display units. And then I tried pretty much making separate folders for the different, different um, pixels per inch or uh, display units per inch or whatever, display units per pixel or whatever. So I, I've been mixing around with it a little bit. And I think now um, I'm future-proofing the app. So the next device that comes out, so long as it's a square device or it's the normal kind of, like, uh, aspect ratio for the all-touch device, then I th- think it'll just work out of the box on it. And I won't have to do much with it. But the process of doing that was a pain in the butt, so I'm glad to be done with that. Like, yeah. I,
1: I imagine you sitting next to your application, like, you've got your phone, dude, you've got a calculator, you've got your computer, and you're dude, just... I had,
3: I had friggin' four of these phones sitting here and I'm using... Yeah, I was using calculator to do stuff, and I'm pushing it to each device, and then it's like, I'm getting so overwhelmed over here. It's terrible. And I just realized how many freaking BlackBerry phones I have now. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I echo those sentiments. I, I was telling Alex a few weeks ago when I started, you know, upgrading my apps for uh, 10.3, and I was like, oh, man, this this new, uh, this new screen size... It's not the screen size per se. It's just the fact that, you know, it leaves it open for Blackberry to kind of put whatever screen size they want in the future, and we can kind of see that based on the design units they're putting. They're kind of putting in design units so that kind of long range is going to be less work for developers in the future. They can have apps that can kind of mold to different screen sizes. But right now, if going from a pixel type of scenario and having to convert it over time units, I was the same scenario I had my calculator and I was like calculating testing a whole bunch of different devices and uh, it was a bit of, it was a bit annoying, but I mean in the long run it's going to be worth it for sure I've also added signature features, but to be honest signature features and and some of those color options they're nice they're not they 're not very difficult <laughs> to implement and, and and to be honest in terms of usability they're not really um I I don't really consider them to be that that big of a deal in terms of usability. Like, I'm sure my app would be just as fine without them. But in terms of making it look nice for aesthetics, obviously it's nice.
1: That's good stuff. So neither of you have kind of messed around with the trackpad as of yet. No. What's what's holding you off that that the device is Not having the device, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's like honestly...
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to use the device in person and see where the pain points are in my app because for me to right now and try and future-proof my app for that device without having used the device, like, the app might work perfectly fine without doing anything. So, I I don't know. I think, really, the Passport is a good example because a lot of my developer friends, they've been sending me their apps to test on the Passport because the simulator has been showing the app is working in various um, regards, but then it breaks when it's on the actual device. So... I I really think the...
2: Alex actually helped me out, test out my app.
3: Yeah, just like little stuff, some of the, the width is kind of broken or whatever. So I think it is still so important to test on actual devices until they get to the point where, say, design units makes perfect sense that when you get it working on a square screen and the full touch screen, then everything just works perfectly. But we're in that transition right now, so that's where testing on every device is important.
1: And Jubei and I are here like, well. <laughs> I have no idea what they the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been over the head. No, I, I get kind of what they're doing with the design units, so I understand that it, it's kind of future-proofing. It does take a lot of work to convert the app over to design units. If, Like Alex, you've got a lot going on in your application. But it's, it's cool that at least you guys are kind of hopping on 10.3 and at least getting it ready for in-market devices like the Passport. Um, Let's move forward from there. Do you guys have any kind of features that are interesting to you in 10.3.1? We did mention it was kind of bringing back some of the legacy features. I personally like the ability to actually change contrast on the entire phone so you can just swap it and invert every single color, which helps for some people with eye problems. just a great usability feature, something we have and almost every other phone has already that they're adding in on BB10. Do you guys have any key things that you like about 10.3.1? Yes, 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 yes,
3: What? Yeah, so this one's kind of interesting, which I don't even know if you guys will actually mention on it. The recent contact management for me in the hub, this is huge, because oftentimes I'll get um, random emails sent to me. It might be a spam email or what, and you can literally click right there, and then you can go and add. It shows all the recent emails or contacts that you've had. You can add them to a block list, or you can immediately from right there respond to them or reply to them. And that's better functionality than my Google Apps for Business calendar or um, email has kind of with Google. So I'm really looking forward to this because I would kind of jump between and all this stuff. So that's like something for productivity that I wasn't even thinking about, but BlackBerry apparently is and it's I'm excited about. That,
4: um, that block thing yeah.
3: is
4: a, a yeah. very clutch one. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, it's uh, very simple. Custom LED, <laughs> um, right. and also the ability to hide
2: uh, images. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah, for me it's. And, sir, go ahead. Yeah, for me it's definitely the advanced uh, gestures. I hardly ever have to swipe my uh, my screen to get the uh, to get. To unlock and see my time, and now all I do is I just lift up my device, and then I can see my messages right there, and instantly, you know, go yeah. to action and reply and stuff. That's that for me is the greatest feature. It's not the most uh, advanced feature, but I like it the best because that's the one I use the most. Because my phone's always near me by my desk, and whenever I see the LED blinking, I just lift it up and I can see what it is right away.
3: Yeah, you know, it's and it hasn't really been touched on. Um, I think because maybe we're happy with the battery life, but the battery saving mode, it's awesome. I don't really care that much, though, because I'm using the Passport and the Z30, and I'm getting, you know, great battery life with them. Um, But right when I saw battery life, uh, battery saver mode was added, I sent a screenshot to my buddy who has a Z10, and he got all excited. So I know that that might have more of a target market, but it's still cool to have nonetheless.
1: I felt like BlackBerry 10 did all of those things already, you know? When when you hit 20%, I feel like it did all that. It underclocked the, the CPU and all that already. But as you had mentioned, just great to have it kind of as a feature there. that it auto-dims the screen for you and things like that. I definitely am appreciating it. And as you said, contact management is so much better on this OS than on previous. So, uh, There's those are a lot of pain points that users, general users, have had. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You can actually finish what he was saying pretty quickly
2: You know what's what's (laughs) funny He's in Miami and he has worse internet Than me in the middle of nowhere It's bad In
3: a hotel yeah The moose up here
2: have better internet than him
1: (laughs) We have Comcast to thank for that one So thank you Xfinity Right, like I can't go five minutes without dropping out of this, but then it brings me right back in, so at least we're (laughs) moving forward there. Let's move down our topic list here. We've been going for almost an hour now, so did you guys have anything else you wanted to touch on in regard to 10.3, or should we move on from there?
2: No, I just... uh, Yeah, yeah, I think everybody's just really excited to be able to use Blend. Uh, uh, Alex, do you mind giving us a a bit of some perspective on how, how your experience has been with Blend? Because I, yeah, so, I saw your video on BerryFlow and it looked really cool. Uh,
1: and, and Alex is BBMing me about all these bugs he's finding, so go yeah, ahead. It wasn't, all, it, wasn't
3: all, okay, okay, it wasn't all these bugs. There's one bug where when you I clicked a link and it opened up in the browser and it showed the proper link, but then you copy and paste that same link and it adds all these weird characters to it, like a character encoding, and it brought the link to a dead link. So some uh, links are broken when you click them from Blend because it adds some hidden encoding every now and then. Um, And that was just like a weird case scenario, which I don't really know. But aside from that, that was the only thing that I was really complaining about. (laughs) Uh, But I've had desktop notifications for my Gmail client because I have my work and my personal, both Gmail and school, but I don't really use that. So I get this little toast notification in the bottom right corner of my computer saying when I got a new email. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually disabled that now because Blend not only pops up quicker, the, the little thing, um, but then I also don't have to click it to go into to a browser window and do all this stuff. Blend is already open in the background, and I've actually been re- replying to client emails and everything through Blend. I have not even been using my, my Gmail um, web app as much, which is I. I it's pretty cool. I'm it excited about it. sounds
1: amazing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for it just to, because uh,
2: my mail client on my on my Mac is super slow now. And it's exactly what I have on my phone, anyways. So I'd basically just like to, you know, because it's I'm already downloading the messages on my device. I don't need to re-download them onto my my laptop. So it'd be nice to just be able to tap into my device and use that as my mail client, and not have to worry about setting it up on my MacBook or anything, or if I switch laptops or anything, it's right there.
3: Yeah. Oh, and the the fact the simple mm-hmm. fact, my stepdad came in my room the other day. He asked me if I had gotten an email. Um, So I pull up Blend and I was in the inbox and you can do a search between all your accounts. I have right now three accounts, my personal work in college, and I just did a quick search across all my accounts and got it. And I'm trying to think of the old route I would go is I would hop into Google, into Gmail, and then I would flip over to the account I need and then I would do a search from there. And I just Mm -hmm. realized you can search across all your accounts on your computer and just these little tiny things that I wasn't even thinking about are being so beneficial using Blend over using, like, the web interface. That's all. Let's get off this. And James is frozen again. I think I <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Did you guys see the Tim Allen interview? Yeah. I mean, Tim Kimmel, Tim Allen thing? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool.
4: Pretty yeah. Exciting. Now, the question, everyone on everyone's mind, of course, is if it was set up, Paid for by BlackBerry, or was it just an honest? Well,
3: Tim has always been. I thought he has been just a BlackBerry user. Yeah, has I, I, don't
2: think he was paid. I think he, I think maybe he's just like a. He might be a bit of a, a BlackBerry fanboy. And he's like, you know, I really like this device, and I want to show people this device. You know,
4: I well, like a the, I, the I, camera I, yeah. caught it in his hand, and it kind of yeah. just slowly drifted in, yeah. and it almost seemed like the perfect product placement. Uh, mm-hmm. you know add yeah. on that.
2: <laughs> you gotta you got really well you still gotta give a clap to uh to Blackberry if it is product placement. Everybody's talking about how their, their marketing was so bad. They did end up, you know, paying him to get this on there. I mean that's a perfect place where you want to have market play, uh product placement. And I mean there's not much better you can do than, than one of the, the best night shows around yeah, I, especially he said- in the US.
3: Yeah, he said that he's kind of a tech enthusiast, so he said that he did have other phones, but you know he's always liked BlackBerry, and he said he literally got this phone because he thought it was just weird, unique, and different, and he's liking it, and I'm thinking if BlackBerry paid him, I don't think his testament would be, I got this phone because it's weird and different, and I like BlackBerry, so I'm thinking it really wasn't paid, it's just you know a guy who likes the phone and maybe likes love, the attention of it. I
4: love how he <laughs> casually took it out of his back pocket, showed it... It all yeah. It, <laughs> it right back in the pie and sat on it. You know
2: that was yeah, a yeah. moment mm-hmm. where everyone enjoyed. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh and you know what's funny is that there's there's a lot of uh, BlackBerry fan like famous like celebrities who are BlackBerry fanboys who are kind of you know showing off the the passport. Like Tyler Florence, Chad in our in our BlackBerry group in our BBM group was kind of mentioning that Tim Allen has been a long-time BlackBerry fan. And so has Tyler Florence, who is he's a chef, right? Celebrity chef.
4: Yeah. Well, it's just like when I was working on the Food Network on that uh, show and Ty Pennington there, um, Mm -hmm. who everyone knows from Extreme Makeover. He's a BlackBerry fan, too, and, you know, he pulled out his Q10 and was like, nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, works better than this. I mean, the battery lasts all day. I could punch out emails, and it's, you know, it's a workhorse. So, um, you know, granted, he did have an iPhone, but he said, he legitimately said, I use this to take pictures and to play like games. Mm -hmm. that was it (laughs) it's like all right enough
2: really struck i think what really struck out to me about the words that tim allen used in the interview is that he actually used the word you know this is a cool phone this is a really cool phone that you know not many people you've heard say that about in in the spotlight you've heard say that blackberry is a cool phone i think now with the passport, you get Tim Allen saying that, and then we're starting to see that. Like we mentioned earlier in the show on Reddit, people are starting to say it. It's a cool-looking phone, and I think it's a, it's a really cool thing seeing this positive energy around the device.
4: Yeah. I love how they, uh, BlackBerry did put out the design story sort of uh, a yeah. long commercial on it. I think it was just <laughs> very smart, and uh, people it was important to get that message out there. That it wasn't like, oh, we're desperate, we're trying to come up with something just new and crazy for, you know, mm-hmm. just just to get attention. No, there's a story behind it, and the design, uh, you know, they put a lot of intelligence, a lot of research into the design. Mm-hmm. And The fact that they crafted a, uh, you know, a two-minute commercial on it, and, and, you know, see it and really immerse themselves in that culture of uh, design and productivity and the, the, the history behind the development and-
2: yeah and it 's interesting because that that commercial when I saw it it was actually beneficial for me, who 's a long time blackberry fan as well, because I was kind of like when I first saw the Blackberry design when we first started to see those first few leaks and and design shots. I was kind of like, oh man, like, yeah. what are they thinking? Yeah. And, you know, after a bit of time, I'm kind of like, I, I'm warming up to it. I warmed up to it now, and I like it. But I was still kind of interested and in wondering, you know, what what made them decide to go like that? Was it kind of just to catch people's attention, catch their eye? And it was interesting to see all that stuff that went in behind the design.
3: You know, I, and, and BlackBerry has won in the past many Red Dot Awards, which is pretty much they had, they've won awards for their design. And I think, I don't want to give credit to Apple, but they've kind of taken a book out of Apple where the phone isn't just a phone, like there's thought that goes on behind building the phone. And mm-hmm. it was funny, I think during the event when they showed that video, I said, I tweeted like, you know, taking a... Uh, a key out of Apple's book or whatever, you know, page out of Apple's mm-hmm. book on this because, you know, they need to show this. I think it really does help. There was a lot of thought put behind this and every BlackBerry 10 device, so why not show that off? It's
2: well, very- yeah, sorry. and I and sorry, I just want to say something quickly. And I and I mentioned that in one of my recent articles that you know, BlackBerry's really taken some of the best parts of all the different OSs and kind of incorporating it into BlackBerry. So that's not necessarily a bad thing that they're taking different pieces and parts, I think we'll start to see a bit more of these um, similarities between some things that Apple excels at that we'll see BlackBerry incorporating, some things that Android excels at that we'll see BlackBerry incorporating.
4: Yeah, uh, everyone knows that. Everyone steals from everyone. It just comes down to who implements it the best and which one creates like the most co- cohesive experience for the user That's just streamlines the, the experience and um, makes it work. The way you know it's supposed to, and uh, going back to what Alex was mentioning, you know that design story, I think, has the potential to possibly get interest and in converts because throwing out a product out there and just saying, you know, this is the passport, is not enough. And I think that people love a story. People want to know what's going on. People want to be a part of something, a movement, the culture of certain things. So bringing out that design story, even the, the commercial that they have. You know, they show the little uh, sequences with the doctor in the medical uh, situation, uh, you know, with the device and, and, and going and showing the difference between uh, a smartphone, showing the x-ray versus the passport. They show a couple of guys sitting in a uh, car. They show a woman, uh, you know, walking into an airport, into a personal jet and flying off. Um, all these little stories are being brought together and it's very tangible for people in the enterprise and the medical uh, segments to look at this and to see the design story and to say, you know what, there's something going on here and I like where it's going. I want to be a part of the story. And that's how you create a culture behind a product, behind a company. And Apple, um, being the great marketers they were, um, you know, they, they developed that as well when they first started. You know, they made the iPhone uh, synonymous with, with lifestyle and culture. And now that BlackBerry's doing it, they're saying, we're not going to do it with the consumer, but we're going to do it with enterprise. We're going to do it with medical. And it's, it, it looks great. Um, I don't know if you guys have we talked about the um, BlackBerry, the marketing with the um, GYRO. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, right before I came <laughs> on, yeah. Okay.
4: <laughs> yeah. I wanna say gyro because that's what I usually eat on the uh, Saturday. You eat a gyro. Yeah. You eat a gyro.
0: <laughs> <eat> a gyro.
4: <laughs> so um yeah. Um it'll be great. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. Especially I think there's a plan um that's gonna be rolling out for the holiday season. Uh, so We'll see what Blackberry takes it from here. I I think so far under Chen, the marketing has been subtle, short, but it'll happen with 10.3.1, Blend, Passport, Classic,
1: Bez 12 coming in all before the holiday season, so... And hopefully something about Project Ion in December. I'd love to hear about. What, it's such a, it's like a secret, like a big secret. Like, what are you doing? Who are your partners? Those guys are hammering it
4: out hard in the background on that Project Ion, man. And when it's announced, you gotta, you're gonna prepare yourself for something uh, outstanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, I, one last thing before we get off the hardware, because we were talking about all of that. Um, there's just one comment that stood out to me on the whole Reddit gadget thing, where someone said you know, they're not like a uh, BlackBerry user or whatever, they said, this is one of those rare phones I look at and don't see the iPhone's influence. And I felt that was kind of a strong thing because so many phones coming out now, obviously they're influenced by the iPhone. And, like, the fact that you look at this thing, this is why so many people ask questions. It's a weird-looking phone that people aren't used to because it's not influenced by the iPhone.
4: Hold it up. Let me so. see it in your hand, Alex.
3: I have small hands, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sexy okay. like beast. I think it's bigger than your face. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know. Oh, and you have the uh what's that called? The no biggie. The no biggie the no finger. Biggie. Yeah.
3: So, look at that, um, you
1: know. How do you you actually uh you actually use it? I'm s i am I assumed you would just take it off as soon as you get it. Yeah,
3: well the thing is so I use the phone a lot like this, so I don't right. actually have my finger in it, but say that I am like walking around or something and I'll just have this, you know, I'll do that. It's just for like a safety precaution. Right. Um just giving it a chance, you know. It's an yeah. interesting thing.
1: I, I sent an email out to the developer of No Biggie, and I was like, "This would be great integrated into a case solution that you could put on multiple devices, and it's built in, so that again, you kind of have the flexibility to have a naked, beautiful, clean phone, but also get some of the, uh, you know, additions that and nice niceties that the the finger strap gives. It is cool. Alex can like walk around, shake his hands, and yeah. things right there with him. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just throw your passport. <laughs> I like
4: that. Like you're on a, you're on the street, you're typing and, and typing away and someone comes, asks you for directions, yeah. you can let go of one hand and an early point. Yeah. And the device like kind of just it stays there. There's different ways that you can it's, it's, it's
3: <laughs> Yeah. No, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So the yeah. Thing is, like it, it's essentially just like a sticky you put on devices, so you can put it on any type of device, a note, a tablet. You know, really anything, you want to be able to have just a little bit more uh, dexterity in your hands. So, is it's cool. has those um, marks or um, little scratches
4: on their face because a lot of people use their smartphones when they're in bed. At so least <laughs> yeah, drop it. Don't drop this E30 no, on no, your face. That problem, you have your fingers in there, so Dude, it doesn't, it's not going to slip out and hit you in the face yeah. anymore. The
3: passport would knock you. Out. I'm not even kidding. This thing would <laughs> knock you out. I've joked around about it. You can use it as a weapon. Like this is one of those things that if you held it like this and struck someone with the corner of it, you will break their skull. Like it is a, it is a well-built device. Yo, <laughs> Alex,
1: Alex tried this so out, and mechanism. we have a video coming on Barry Flow about a murder uh, <laughs> <laughs> on his neck. Hands-on review. We'll be showing yeah. homicide. I yeah.
2: passport as a self-defense passport. mechanism.
1: Uh, Alex went to sleep. We've <laughs> never known. We sent Alex to a dojo on the border of Canada, and uh, New York, and he's actually cutting wood with the passport.
4: <laughs> he throws it as a star, a ninja
2: star. Yeah. He actually gave the passport to a bunch of beavers so it would help them with their work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, too much fun uh, at Alex's man. expense. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. It's funny though we see all these bend videos for the passport, and it's like, yo, that's a stainless steel frame. Like, good luck. Like, you're gonna need, you're gonna need like a machine just to even bend that. Like, come on, let's yeah. go with it. <laughs> and you guys heard about Nappy Gate as well, right? Or as <laughs> Jeremy would call it, Nappy Gate. <laughs> the iPhone. Is getting stuck in people's hair, and, like hanging oh, well, on. The, yeah, yeah. the guy. With that beard one
2: <laughs> I think is a bit of a stretch. Like I, I don't know, man. I don't know.
4: <laughs> what I read about was the beard gate, where there's the uh, there's a gap, you know, between the uh, the framing and the and, and the uh, the glass. So people with a beard uh, hold the device up to their phone, uh, the hairs will get into that scene and when they pull it out, the hairs will pluck out. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's just, one of those things, but people are reporting it.
1: You know, I mean, like, all right, okay, beard. Game. This is what you have to. This is what you understand. Like, people were putting iPhones in the microwave, so like, come on, <laughs> you gotta expect the worst. Yeah. And it's funny that Apple plays to that demographic. You know, this is who they built the phone for. The person who's gonna get it stuck in their beard, complain. <laughs> the person's gonna put it in their back pocket, sit on it repetitively, and then complain that it's bent. Like, come on, come That's on. the crowd. <laughs> yeah.
2: I never understood putting the phone in the back pocket like you sit down on your bum you like you like sometimes you just jump down on your on your ass as well like it's like that doesn't seem like a very good spot to to stick a, a $800 device I don't know Yeah it kind of seems kind of you know natural selection type of you
1: know. <laughs> it's very careless very
4: irresponsible yeah
1: very Darwinian, very Darwinian. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're too much fun here. Is there
4: anything else we gotta cover?
1: Um, yeah, let's talk rumors. Let's talk about what we may be seeing coming next year. I've seen some interesting things on a slider type device that essentially has a Z3 type profile with a keyboard that works at multiple layers. Um, I've also heard as well that an all-touch device is supposed to be slated for March release or at least announcement in 2015. So that's that's still in the first quarter. Toward the end of that first quarter, of, uh, calendar quarter, excuse me. So, what do you guys see? I, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit that we expect some all-touch devices. Do you expect these to be flagship like the Passport, or kind of Z30, uh, Z10, excuse me, successors that kind of build upon a mid-range spec base? What do you guys think?
4: Well, judging off of the roadmap that we saw, um, M4BB put out this uh, dated roadmap. And I think it really tells the tale that they have identified the four segments in which they want to develop a device for annually. So Jen had his devices this year. We had the Z3, we had the Passport, we had the Classic. Um, that fourth device is kind of a little bit of lingo, kind of uh, evasive, but um, coming next year, however he's going to have his uh, ability to come out with the four strong devices for the different uh, divisions. So which is, you know, the emerging markets, uh, the enterprise medical uh, thing, the all touch, you know what I mean? And um, the high end luxury device. So coming next year, it wouldn't surprise me if we see the all touch, uh, which is probably the successor to the, the uh, Z30, um, which would probably try to leverage all the people who purchase the uh, Z10 devices, try to get them on, on the next All Touch high-end uh, All Touch. And I think a lot of them are waiting for them, uh, waiting for yeah. the next All Touch as well. A lot of people with the Z10 devices are waiting for that. So, um,
1: and yeah. interestingly, waiting patiently as well. They're like, you know what, my Z10 is good right now. I'm not, I'm not feeling any type of way about I it. I tell though. you, man, when that 10.3.1
4: comes out, it's gonna. Definitely gives second wind to all those Q10, Z10, Q5
1: owners. Absolutely, yeah. it'll finally have the phone at a place where it's actually competitive in the in the industry with which it sits. I mean, when when 10.0 first came out with the Z10, I mean, we all know it was kind of like a hodgepodge of. Different built apps from different frameworks. Adobe Air was latent throughout in settings and in the browser. And it's, it's, it's gotten refined so much over time. I, I really love the Cascades UI and how it as well has grown with the service offering that BlackBerry's been going forward. Um, I'm really excited for BBM meetings as well. Um, if any, any station that you have to dethrone WebEx as a kind of voice video conference. And then keep in mind that the Passport with amazing speakerphone and really nice BlackBerry Sound technology, they kind of do want to leverage this device slowly into taking over a conference room phone. You set the phone down in the middle, and everyone can speak at once, and it understands and adapts to that. So just really cool overall. Um, I I would like to see some type of Z30 successor. As Jubei had mentioned, there are a lot of users waiting on some type of device to actually follow up. Maybe, as you had mentioned, that they're going to go for a luxury line. Maybe we'll finally see a Porsche Design Z30, which is what we... That would make sense. That would make sense. Maybe too much sense.
4: <laughs> yeah, I won't get myself excited for a possible uh, cutting-edge Porsche Design phone. They seem to be a bit uh, year and a half late, whatever it is that they come
1: yeah. out with, but... I don't know, call mm-hmm. it late, but you get 10.3 and blend before the Passport even came out, so.
4: Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, all these uh, people there that, um, you know, we, we, we usually stay on top of these leaks and these latest updates and stuff that become available, and we sideload whatever it is that we need. But, the, you know, we got to keep in mind that the majority of BlackBerry users don't have access. So there's an enormous amount of people almost all of them. We represent a very small percentile. People still on 10.2.1. And that jump to 10.3.1 is going to be incredible for them. And uh, that, that's, you know, between that and with Blend and with meetings, I think uh, it's going to be a, an awesome holiday season.
1: And it's crazy that the BBM team has been so worked. They brought Windows Phone out. They've updated it out of beta with even more features. They've got a new beta rolling right now for it. They've got an open beta across all devices, which brings in a new sticker picker, HQ images without having to request them. Um, It's just awesome. They're really working their tails off. And they're bringing BBM meetings, which is allegedly like Blend, a cross-platform, multi-device, BBM desktop-type suite, that you I want to make it.
4: that. I want to say though, for all the listeners, uh, watchers out there, that we haven't seen a like a, a substantial BBM update in a long time. Yeah. And the reason why, and Brandon's article touches on this, is that they've been weeki- uh, working on their secret weapon, which is this BBM meetings. That's going to revolutionize BBM entirely.
2: So, yeah. having said that, though, it looks like that's going to be enterprise only. So, hopefully, there's some goodies in there for the consumer side as well.
1: Yeah, and and part of those goodies have to be rebranding or at least rebuilding for iOS and Android <laughs> to play against their UI guidelines. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let's yeah. go over to Alex here. He's going to show off the new sticker picker for BBM, which is new in this update along with HQ Downloads, and you'll see it here. Alex, zoom in on that for us.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, this isn't like the highest quality image. Actually, uh, Brandon was the one that sent in our group. Yeah, but, I yeah, got it. yeah you can I, explain I, it because you understand it better, it. right? You said they're, like, the recent packs or whatever.
2: Yeah, I got it from um, BB Savior. He's from France. I forget I forget what the name of his blog is, but he's at BB Savior on Twitter. And this is just basically what you're seeing here is uh, the sticker picker, um, where you can kind of scroll through the stickers at the top there and pick them off. I'm not sure if you can delete sticker packs yet or whatnot or, or uninstall sticker packs, but... I mean, this is progress in terms yeah.
4: of. Yeah. Now, those that I that, see there on that BBM, what we see right now, with Alex, with Ann, are those ones that you select to be in there, or does the device, does BBM learn which one to use the most and
3: automatically? Yeah. Based on that. From From what I heard, um, I think it's like the the most recent one that you use brings it to the front of the list. So it's like I just use this, use this prior, that prior. So it might just be like okay. that, which is fine, because then the sticker packs that I, I would say want to delete, I would really never be using them, so it would push it all the way to the back anyways. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm assuming that's what it does. Um, I don't know. for I, I haven't actually used it. But, you know, they're yeah. listening to us and that's the important part. You know, even the HQ pictures, I've had to explain to a lot of my family and friends, all right, I'm going to send you a picture. You need to hold down and request HQ if you want the high-quality picture of it. Right. Um, and then they, they wonder, like, why the heck do you have to do that? And I explain it's for bandwidth or uh, data issues. It's smart in that regard that I could yeah. if I want to just send you a quick picture that'll use 30 kilobytes won't use up your data just to give you an idea of what I'm trying to say about something, why should I have to send you an 11 megabyte file from the passport picture taker? Do do you guys
4: know that's going to be a a permanent thing or is it going to be an option?
2: It's going to be an option. It's an option. option. Because
4: personally, I love not receiving pictures. I just, I see what I, you know, people usually send things that I don't care to say. I just, just, you know, great. (laughs) And whenever whenever I see something incredible like that's a great image, I'll
3: request it. uh, Yeah, I'm going to, you know, put it on my my mom's phone, for instance, my aunt's phone. I will flip it so it's on. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm the kind of person where I will actually get, you know, 20 images a day from various things. Someone just sending me a stupid screenshot just to laugh or whatever. Um, I don't need the HQ at all that. I don't need to use the, the, the data or the bandwidth, so... I think anybody, that's anybody got time for HQ? No, Come there, on. It's, 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 this is a perfect example. They're setting the the levels of like how comfortable you are with the OS. You know, it's like the the new Windows 10 update. They're adding some utility features in there that only the hardcore Windows users will be able to utilize. So BlackBerry's kind of doing this and this is just what been BlackBerry is has been about for a while. They have these hardcore features that you know people who have using the device for 2 years they learn it exists and they had no idea and they're like this is awesome so this is yeah. just another one of those things
2: i think i think the hq picture transfer is more of uh, an answer to the fact that it's really difficult for someone who just downloaded bbm and is using it to ever find yep. the option to request an hq image like exactly I, I told my girlfriend that you can request HQ Images. If I hadn't told her, there's no documentation or anything on the BBM download page or anything that even talks about it. So, I mean, they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. They've got to add it. Otherwise, and then it's better to add it so that people can later choose for lower quality if they want.
4: Question that you guys are developers, is it possible for uh, the BBM team to implement something visual. So when someone sends an image over BBM, next to the image...
3: Just a request issue button. It says,
4: would yeah. you like this image in high quality?
3: See, you know, yeah. they definitely. Like, that's, you it's know... Definitely possible. Yeah, but you need to think of it. They're, they really want to try and keep consistent the OS. So when you click and hold down on something, what that is doing is you're actioning you're, you're doing an action on what you're holding down on. And that's like just BlackBerry 10 in general. So I think they could do that, but it might be like the hardcore programmer saying, if we're keeping consistent with the guidelines, this is how it should be. Mm-hmm. And it you know it might just be like that. And that's where this whole toggle switch kind of came into existence. They, I'm sure, yeah, they could have done that a long time ago. but Long you know. press everything yeah. on BB10. Right. You yeah, never just know honestly happen. try it. Yeah, that's, it's just, that's the best advice. Just like you're going to older, do something long press on it, it'll probably work. <laughs>
2: like one of the old beta, old, older uh, BBM betas had in, in BBM groups, you could actually put in chat pictures. Yeah. That was done, and uh, they took it out for um, fluidity, uh, I guess uh, for the flow, for issues with flow using the, yeah. the app and stuff like that. I personally didn't think it was an issue yep. based on what I saw. I would have loved it. I know lots of people that would have loved it, but there's also some people who who are very vocal and don't like it. I think, uh, I think James doesn't like the flow about it. Don't
1: I do think. it. Don't yeah, do I it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they well, were what speak- I would, What I would love, yeah. and I just got to speak on this a little bit because yeah. it's such a pain point for me. I They have siloed experience right now where photos and the conversations they're in are all siloed off into an album. So everything's organized. You post a photo and you know that all the conversation on that photo is going to be happening in the comments on that photo. When you put it in line in a conversation, some of the conversation will be put into exactly. the discussion thread, yeah. and some of it makes it over to the actual album. So you're almost yeah. invalidating the service proposition that you have with the segmentation. So it's like, do it one way or do it the other way, but don't do both. Yeah. What I would because, also like is yeah. just a way to have context. So if you tap on someone's VBM status in the feeds... It'll actually quote their status so that you can add context as to why you're sending this message. Okay. I would love that in, inside BBM groups so that oh, if I'm commenting on a link, I can tap oh, on the link, okay. type okay. a reply on the link, and have the link referenced within my comments. I think that would be yeah. great to add just a layered kind of better threaded conversation uh, flow for BBM groups, which again is a work tool for, for many, many people just to stay quickly communicated. Jubei, what is some of the things you want from BBM? You mentioned that there really hasn't been a substantial update for BBM. What are you guys looking for at this point now that we have a little bit of sense of what they're bringing forward? My main thing with
4: BBM right now would be channels. Channels, I and I wrote a, a piece on this on N4BB, uh, a big list. Channels needs a substantial update, and it has an incredible amount of potential. I know that the team is working on you know different things. I don't know where channels sits I know update is coming and I know it's on a back burner uh, the BBM team does have their priority uh, you know prioritized list on things to to tack on moving forward so you know personally I would say that channels is probably the number one thing for me because um, it you know last week you mentioned how it's just kind of like it takes the best of everything and puts it together and it's integrated within the BBM messaging app and it's brilliant and the potential that channels has is enormous and um there has been an update in months for it so you know for myself uh it'd be great to uh see something come along somewhere before the end of the year for channels but i don't know how probably that's probably unlikely but uh, out of all the bbm stuff um, I know I'm looking forward to like BBM money and things like that, but cha- having an update for channels for it to be where it should be would be amazing.
1: Right, roll out BBM money and shortly after update BBM channels to work with BBM money. Makes I'd, sense. We'll I'd like s-
2: I'd like some of your opinion on on BBM money because I'm I'm thinking about it more and more, and I'm 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 starting to think of, you know, BBM money is maybe kind of targeting more of that PayPal type of crowd instead of you know, the Apple Pay type of crowd. Because I, the way I view BBM money and what I've heard and what we've heard about is that basically it's a way that you can transfer funds wirelessly through messaging someone on BBM or whatnot. And it doesn't seem like it's directly kind of like a, like a wallet, like a Google wallet per se on your so phone. I, your can,
1: I can definitely speak on this. There, <laughs> are, there are two announcements coming following uh, the announcement on the Inside Blackberry blog. There is Transfer2 integration, which is a lot like Glimpse integration, where okay. they're taking an existing pe- peer-to-peer service and plumbing it into BBM. Okay. So you're able to create a Transfer2 account, connect it into your BBM, and send funds direct, like PayPal. Okay. That's that's Transfer2, that's airtime remittance across okay. the country. PayPal sometimes has regional restrictions, so you can't always get your money where you want <sighs> it to go without heavy taxes, etc., so, airtime remittance is one thing. BBM money, however, is connected directly to your local bank and right now it's essentially only in Indonesia. With okay. that, you are able to use it as a payment service in specific places that support BBM money. So, uh, okay. again, not not too what many places, I, but you can use it to, to deduct directly from your bank account through BBM. Okay. Kind of like kind of like Apple Pay. For something
4: okay. – uh, and I think Kevin last week uh, spoke about this, and um, I think it deserves a little bit of attention, is that Apple Pay <clears throat> works with credit, and BBM Money works yeah. with banks. And I think that's a critical difference because we have our money stored in banks, and it, the idea of BBM Money essentially cuts out the middleman. Because, uh, like when I, you know, Brandon mentioned, like, is it the PayPal crowd or is it the, you know, the uh, whatever Apple's offering? Um, what is it called? IWallet? Uh,
2: I Wallet. Apple Pay. Apple Pay. That's right. Basically, the most simple, the most simple way you'd imagine it to be named. Right. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Apple Pay. Yes, you
3: will. Yeah, you're only going to be able to buy new Apple products using Apple Pay in their store soon.
1: And and that's what gets me, too. You build NFC, a fabulous near-field communication technology, into your phone, and you limit it to Apple Pay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you you know, it's like when you have an issue financially, you deal with it with your local bank. You know, when you have a play – if something ever happens security-wise or financially with the the Apple Pay, I wonder what kind of nightmare situation because it's like, all right, was it the software problem? Was it a bank problem? Was it a merchant problem? Is it a bank problem? There are a lot of – Did my phone charge me –
1: yeah, did my phone charge me three times or did my bank accept the payment or charge three times? Right. You know, what and spectrum does it land on?
4: It's, it's great because John Sims did tell me in person, it's like, listen, BBM Money is not going to move forward without partnerships with the banks because the banks is where it's at. It's like, well, I'm, I, I did, you know, with, with the BBM Money, I seriously doubt there'll be a security issue or any kind of issue with just BlackBerry on their end. Possibility, I don't know. But if there's any issue, it's simple. You call your local bank. That's mm. it. Done. There's no delay. There's no middleman. There's no different, uh, uh, you know, people that you got to, you know, you don't, you don't have to make four or five different phone calls to different people to deal with one uh, purchase. If anything goes wrong.
2: So. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like personally in my experience, uh, I never use my debit card anywhere, just because. Whenever you use your debit card, if it gets compromised, you're basically in a lot of trouble because someone can really take all your money in your bank account. Whereas if you use a credit card or something, yeah. then you're dealing with the bank with the uh, credit card company, and they have their own insurance that deals with it right there. And you're a lot more protected in the sense, in that sense, in terms of um, credit card fraud, obviously credit card fraud and stuff like that. So, for instance, I purchased a BlackBerry case off of. A so-called reputable BlackBerry blog w- <laughs> that shall remain Blackberry. nameless. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds it, it rhymes with dot uh, <laughs> <laughs> Reminds with it, it. It rhymes with track, and that's all I'm gonna say. Anyways, <laughs> rhymes with trackberry. So, anyways, I purchased a case from this website, and. Next thing I know, someone's like buying half of Nigeria with my credit card, Oh wow. i like, "What's going on?" So, anyways, I had to deal. This gentleman with was him. buying
1: up oil fields in Africa. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so, anyways, I had to deal with the credit card company, and luckily it was my credit card because yeah. they have that insurance. So, if, if something happens with them, it's it's actually their money that's being spent. It's not it's not my own money that's getting spent because they're lending me money to spend on their behalf and I have to pay them on time unless I pay interest. So yeah. in that sense, it puts the it puts the onus on the credit card company to kind of deal with it and have this, um, that insurance set up, whereas if it was my debit card and that and I had lost my money that way and, and had gone and stolen that way, it would have been my own money that would be yeah. that would've been taken, and it would have been gone for good and then you'd have to maybe you'd have to deal with your bank and they might or might not be able to reimburse you based on the based on the insurance that they have.
3: Yeah. So where does BlackBerry's BlackBerry Money or BBM Money stand in this? Because I agree with um with Brandon. Like I use my credit card for everything because I know it's safer than carrying tons of money with me. For instance, if someone steals my credit card, you know. So if we are saying it's tied directly into the bank, you know that that's that's great. Like it really is a good option. But I would also like. The it to be tied in with a credit card, so I wouldn't have to carry my credit card drawn and still use it and have that security. So it's I like I don't know, it's is it the well, same thing? Well, I think there's thing,
4: a or? huge difference using smartphone experts and then like BlackBerry handling the
2: uh, yeah you know, <laughs> data and encryption. As yeah, as I would it. I would definitely have a more more peace of mind using my debit card with BlackBerry security behind That's it. True. I would like to see maybe. I, I would rather. I would like to see maybe something a bit more than just 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 that BlackBerry connection between the banks. I'd, I'd also like BlackBerry to maybe work with credit card companies as
3: well. Yeah, just yeah. Which off- I'm sure that's just part of part yeah, of it. Exactly. Pump,
2: so, I mean, most credit cards are done through banks anyways. But who's to know whether that's coming or not in terms yeah. of BBM
1: money? And we've talked about it before. I mean, we ha- oh look look who just hopped on, Mr. Ronell. We'll integrate him into the conversation about BBM money. But uh, you know, we we've talked about it before. That when you are swiping your Visa, when you are putting Apple Pay to your to your credit card, a Mastercard, a Visa, whatever, BlackBerry with QNX is behind the scenes running those financial servers, which are actually taking that transition and making it an actionable item to your bank account. So. I mean, when we look at it, one way or another, BlackBerry has their hand in mobile transactions. It's how can they elevate that and connect it with BBM. I think channels, as we've mentioned, is a great venue to do that. Bring brands on to actually sell direct to users through BBM. Allow me to pay directly in BBM as I would for an application in BlackBerry app world. Make it seamless, make it integrated, and allow me to connect with PayPal, my credit cards, and or a transfer type of solution. Uh, I I think that would be awesome. And now PayPal is its own company, so, you know, Yeah. Uh, who knows yeah. who who knows what may happen there. Supposedly they've signed on a deal with Samsung, which kind of voids them from working with Apple, but who knows someone may swoop in with an offer for them and integrate the service directly. Mm-hmm. We we don't know at this point. It would be interesting to see. Ronell, uh are you available at this point? How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Just mm-hmm. just got back home. So,
0: Sell them lots of passports, eh? Yeah, man. What? So, <laughs>
1: tell me, tell me about some of the experience you have in store. We had mentioning you showed us a picture that you're actually putting out a laptop and showing off BlackBerry Blend in store. I know there's some things you obviously can't talk about as per your process, but what's what's it like out there over in Canada at the store level? Um, it's there's a pretty there's actually a lot of hype.
0: Um, a lot of people are interested about the device and. Um, nowadays a lot of people make and do their research online in terms of researching and trying to find out about the device and even with some of those bad reviews that have been going around, people are still wanting to take a look and see what the size of the device is, can I fit in my pocket. Um, so definitely 100%, there's a lot of interest. Um, pretty positive I would say. I think uh, BlackBerry's doing a great job. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm definitely excited about it. Do, how how about blend? How do you go from showing you a weird, crazy, cool device to saying, "Oh, as well, this thing connects to all your type of other mobile devices, be it laptop and or tablet." How does the conversation go, and are people impressed with it?
0: Um, it's pretty easy. Um, I mean, once you're done showing the awesome device, you, you know, you trans you transfer onto. Okay, well, at the end of the day, or you're at work you have to put your BlackBerry down. So, you know, at, I, I say, okay, advanced interactions, you flip your phone down and it goes to sleep. Now, say you're at home and you're relaxing and or you're at work and you're transferring over to a desktop computer, you get your notifications, you get your whole BlackBerry experience on your computer, basically. You have access to all your content and you're able to, um, you know, reply and create emails and you don't have to be at, right beside or inside your phone, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, and, and showing it in store right there in front of them, I mean, that's got to be such a big seller. It's like, wow, I'm already amazed by this device, and now it offers me this extended service utility as well. Uh, and, yeah, I know you're kicking butt out there, making sure people are really seeing BlackBerry for what it does offer today. So awesome. It's great to hear, Rano.
0: A hundred percent. definitely. Definitely.
1: Brandon, you see passports in Toronto in the wild yet, or, or no, I haven't what? been
2: I haven't been in to Toronto since the passport launched. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you though, I'll tell you. I'm in the middle of nowhere, and half the people I've seen up in this small town have Blackberry Ten devices. so
1: Wow I don't know. Chen made a big stink about like owning Canada. you know, if yeah. we can't get our home team behind us, you know, there's a bigger problem we need to address. Mm-hmm. so it's it's great that you're mentioning, you know that blackberries are still prolific throughout the area. I'm over here in Florida where you wouldn't expect to see any and I still see people with them all the time. A lot of legacy devices. So I'm definitely hoping classic is like wake up, come on, move on over. And again, it's going to come down at least for in my sense to the pricing of that device. If you're selling a 9900 for 400 on Shop Blackberry and a classic for 350, I mean, come on. <laughs> there has to be a point and a breaking point where you say let me try this new experience, save a little money, and find out what BlackBerry is really offering today in 2014.
3: I'm not as worried about BlackBerry pricing as I, I was in the past. Seeing how they handled this Passport launch, the crazy specs this thing has, and then the price point they chose, I think you know they mean business. They're not going to release the Classic and have it at the wrong price tier because they realize how important this opportunity is to get people from Legacy onto BlackBerry 10. So well, yeah, or, even on the
4: dated roadmap, they had the uh, BlackBerry Classic kind of listed there as the affordable um, yeah. option for enterprise. So they priced it, you know, in that three hundred <clears throat> range. It's already winning.
2: Yeah. You know and what though? Just, Look, I will say, the the Black the Passport was kind of positioned as as kind of being in that not too expensive but not too cheap uh, kind of price range yet. Everybody who's bought the passport has been paying, uh, been paying, you know, over, over, you know, six hundred dollars usually after taxes and stuff. So I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not so sure on the the price range type of uh, price range comment.
4: Well, I <laughs> your perception, like just like, how much did the Z10 retail for when it first launched?
1: That's the thing. I think the Z10 retailed for 700 and it's like Passport day Ooh. one was $100 cheaper. <laughs> so You take a Z10, which is a, a dual-core, 1.5 gigahertz, 2 gigs of RAM, decent screen, and then you put the Passport, $100 cheaper, quad-core, 3 gigs of RAM, I think like three times the battery life. <laughs> like, it's no competition. And yet, Chen, it's all about the management. They seem to really grasp the market and what they're willing to pay for these devices. So kudos to them for really rolling out a device... Uh, Stringently to these different markets. Anything else? Right, we're, we've gone for a We've gone for like an hour and a half right now. I think I think that's everything we needed to cover. Is there anything else particular?
2: Let's see. What uh, does Ronal, Ronal have? Any uh, last few words? I?
0: No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Ron- Ronell, do tell me about this. Passport accessories. In-store, are there a lot of options for people? Do they ask about it? What? Where do you direct them?
0: Um, there is. Um, as far as I know, uh, there is the flip case, the hard shell case, um, and there's a gel case, which I've seen personally, tried it out. Um, a lot of people are actually, not a lot, a few of them are asked about the availability, and... I think in time as as time goes on, hopefully more manufacturers will get into get into it whoa <laughs> um but other than that
1: <laughs> not too much <laughs> no you you have to kill us if you tell us I know, and all that good.
0: Yeah.
1: oh man these these Google effects are just the worst too <laughs> Bay. I'm gonna walk on him for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Looks cold, buddy. Is, is it? What's New York like right now? Like, it's actually getting kind of cold in Florida. How's it over day?
4: It's getting cool, man. But it's yeah. nice. I love the fall. It's Just like
1: fresh, crisp air.
4: I know, right? <laughs> this is what our conversation. This is what the podcast has come down to. Yeah, no, This means we've
3: gone too far. Like we're on there too long. I think this is the first. I, I do want to give us props though. I think this is the first time we have used Google effects throughout like, any berry full stream. And you know every other podcast, episode number one is where all the effects are being played with and everything. So we made it a full season before we did it. So I think we got ourselves on the back.
1: Right, season two, we graduated. I mean, we're yeah. on to the new-new. <laughs> uh, no, let's talk just a little bit about what we're hearing for 10.3 subsequent OS releases. So at least what I've heard internally is that there will be builds of 10.3.2 And 10.3.3, they're actually going to focus on core aspects of evolving the BlackBerry OS experience. So I heard 10.3.3 was really going to work on the Android runtime and making lots of improvements and integrations. The thing is, will we see this OS update as a standalone update, or will it be just kind of an internal build numerical archive for them? Um, Have you guys heard anything about subsequent OS releases? Are we moving to 10.4? Is that already in the pike?
3: yeah i mean i mean the, at the very least look at what they've done in the past, and have we gone past i guess uh ten dot two dot two was the only time we saw a dot two release like a ten dot two like the the subsequent dot two is, right. is that right mm-hmm. so i can't necessarily see them going to ten dot oh, man this is confusing ten dot three dot three i think it might be like ten dot two dot two and they'll they'll then go to ten dot four but you know, who knows, I guess. It's, they're, they're so new of an OS still, even though they're only a few years old, so they, they could be change the the scheming behind it a yeah. lot. It's I interesting well, names. The, the whole
1: schedule seems... Yeah, I would love names. Yeah. I, I also am noticing it seems that they're going for a one OS a year type thing, instead of, like, we're giving you an update here, an update here, yeah. an update here. First year BlackBerry 10, it got, like, four updates. So now it seems they're spacing out some of those updates and really working to make every update more impactful than the next. Brandon, what do you think on subsequent OS releases? Uh, oh. 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 Uh. Oh, no. <laughs> I just see this going
2: downhill. <laughs> I, I did not know what that did. Um, yeah, I think I think after 10.3.1, we're going to see it go towards, guys, this is serious. Um, I think we're going to go towards uh, OS 11, and then
1: I'm done. Did you just say BB11?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna go down to like BB. It's gonna go to BB11, and after three dot, three dot one. I think I think ten's gonna be like you know what? This this needs a new OS. This needs like we need to we need to start off like a new fresh slate. Let's do it. Let's name it BB11. BB11 is 10, like the most stale name it, they, they could give. They're gonna name BB11 Blackberry Forest, Calling it here guys. blackberry forest blackberry forest forest Where do you get that from? Because there's so many possibilities that can happen in a forest then just think about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I, it's hard to I, think and see you as a pirate at the same time <laughs> You can grab resources you can you can do some trade in there. you never know <laughs> uh,
3: i I think we've definitely gone too far sure <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The
1: pirate is talking about the forest. I'm just I can't I can't even. <laughs> I cannot even. Ronaldo have you any expectations as per subsequent releases of Blackberry Ten? Do you feel that they're gonna push some kind of rebranding uh, later on in the OS life cycle? Or do you think they're gonna continue with the numerical push forward?
0: Uh definitely numerical. Um I don't think they wanna make a huge shift I mean with the passport if they wanted to do a rebranding they would have done it with the passport um, but since yeah. you know they're putting so much behind the passport and 10, 10.3 and then 10.3.1 going forward with classic I'm pretty sure they're, they're gonna keep the numerics for sure okay.
1: Yeah. Joubet <laughs> close it out for us we had your article that we did talking about some of the media we don't need to mention some of those names who responded to the media, but um, the article in general, and kind of the conversation and dialogue that was had within the comments, I thought it was pretty positive to see a lot of people resonating with the article. Why do you think so many people were able to kind of get what you were saying?
4: You know, I I, I don't think anyone, I didn't have any idea that anyone was going to, like, that many people were going to read it, and it was going to be uh, shared that many times. I mean, it was shared just hundreds of times, and... You even got picked up and mirrored, you know, in different places, and, um, you know, I I got comments on my channel, uh, people were saying, like, you know, it's about time someone tells it how it is, someone tells the truth, the reality of where the media is now, you know, nowadays, and it was encouraging to see that even in the other sites that reported off of what I've written, um, that a lot of people agreed there wasn't anything there that um, they didn't necessarily agree with. I, I think that overall the sentiment is that... Um, because essentially the heart of what I wrote was just where has the integrity of you know tech bloggers uh, gone when they receive a, a, revo- a revolutionary device you know, trying to immerse themselves with the product and the service and, and, and try to uh, its own merits and not pitch it against, you know, superficially against whatever their favorite product, of, uh, product is because it's different. It's not the same thing. And it was, it was, it was great. I mean, the response has been tremendous. It was uh, encouraging to see so many people, like you said, you know, they, they resonated with um, the message behind it. And um, it was just, uh, very, just very interesting. It was a very intense, like, two <laughs> or three days there for me, getting so many emails, so many messages and, um, from everywhere, of uh, people uh, thanking me for writing it. And, and even, not,
1: even, even a few haters, you know, along the way.
4: Um, you, know, you know, speaking of hating, there was one particular member when I was writing for Crackberry who hated my guts. And we're, you know, we're talking about people that don't really know me, but they just see whatever online persona I have. And so uh, you know, whether it's the style that I write or whatever message I'm trying to convey that they really connect with, but there was one Crackberry reader who literally came out of his way, found my channel, and messaged me and said, listen, um, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, I used to hate you and troll on you on CrackBerry." And I remember him. I said, "I know who I remember you." And uh, he said, "Listen, I just want to let you know that the last thing that you wrote—the editorial on the passport versus the um, media—I really connected with. And I feel bad for hating on you for so long. And I just want to let you know that you were right. You were always right about what you you wrote. And I know that James and I—you know—we have like this kind of visionary thing when it comes to BlackBerry, where we see things before they happen." And a lot of people right. are like, oh, the. And so I was accused, you know, when I was writing over at Crackberry for having, for wearing the, uh, you know, uh, rose
1: colored glasses and right.
4: for being positive. Uh, because I anticipated where we are now, then. And I wrote about it then. So uh, it was just really nice for him to come around and to just, you know, tell me that he connected with it and that he's sorry for any trolling that he might have done. And, you know, I thanked him. I said, you know, that's awesome that you found me. Uh, I really appreciate your response. Um, and, you know, those are one of the many stories in the last uh, few days that, uh, that has transpired that I've really uh, enjoyed and really encouraged me to continue writing uh, about topics that people care about and talk about issues that people um, want to hear.
1: Speaking, speaking on issues that people want to hear, when are we all going to KFC? This is big for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know Ronell wants to go really bad. He's there's, all about a, it.
2: there's a divide in the uh, Berry Flow crew between KFC or Popeyes. I personally...
1: There's a divide, I guess. Why Popeyes? Yeah. Is, have you ever eaten at Popeyes before?
3: When I New Orleans, they that's like where Popeyes originated, and it is so good there. Uh we have one by us in Buffalo that just opened up somewhat recently, and it's not as good. But when you go to like New Orleans and you get some Popeyes, we had that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was phenomenal. No, spin- <laughs> no, no spinach, spinach whatsoever. We're
1: <laughs> yeah. We do we have Popeye stickers in BBM? I think we do. Yeah, we do.
3: <laughs> but isn't that like a different? You just. It is. I, I can, can use my brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's talk about BBM again. No, but I really appreciate <laughs> having having all you guys on. Ranel. I know you caught the tail end, but it was nice to have a little bit of your input on some of the sales side and what's going on over there in Canada. So thank you for coming on for us.
3: Um, um, really, quick, really quick, I, I, I don't mean to like cut this off, but I figure this is probably a good opportunity if people actually stayed on and watched this far. Um, I just pushed out an update for my app for the first time in, like, seven, six, six or seven months. Um, and now it has Passport support and... and not really, not really, not really. So, stay tuned. It's Web Design Cheat Sheet, and um, it'll be, be out soon. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you should you have should put that in the beginning, man. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
3: I don't care that much.
1: <laughs> no, uh, your app's amazing, and I saw some of your updates on it... Uh, I'll definitely push that to the channel, so those watching have a direct link to, to go check it out. But uh, Jubei, Brandon, Alex, Ronel, always a pleasure to have you guys on. Season 2, uh, we're finally in it, second quarter. Good. Yeah, I'm excited for this next quarter. BlackBerry just continuing to kill it on these market earnings reports and things like that, bringing in solid new devices and services. Um, we've got a lot of great articles and content on BerryFlow, so continue to check it out. Let us know what you want to hear, and we'll bring it. And by we, I mean I'll tell Alex
3: to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to end this now.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. You have a good rest of your night. Thanks for watching. All uh, right. Later.
3: later.
0: Thank you.